Hey there, everybody. This is Jonathan, and this is the Broke Down Podcast. Thank you for checking us out. If you've been with us before, thanks for coming back. We are here with episode 10, and I'm doing something a little different. Everything is a little different here because it is morning when I'm recording this, and there are people awake and moving around in my house. Hopefully they are not distracting to you or to me. And I'm drinking coffee instead of an evening-type beverage, which is... Just, you know, it's a nice change. It's a nice change. And um, what else is new? Uh, it is mid-November, and it's the Thanksgiving season. So when this comes out, it will be, let's see, the 21st. So Thanksgiving is just a couple days away. I'm recording this on Sunday before Thanksgiving. And so soon there's going to be pie everywhere. In fact, there is, has already been pie everywhere at a lovely dinner with friends last night and then you know work thing earlier in the week and so pie pie it, this is this not christmas is the most wonderful time of the year i think for me and not just because of pie but you know we also had phil was out here on the east coast and played some shows and he played at chicago and nashville i think nashville might have been last night and uh, den company are on the road and they've been well, they may be a third of the way through their little their tour. It's not that little. And there have been some really cool things. Some really cool things happening on that tour. I uh, hope you're checking it out, if that's your thing. Uh, I am going to see them on the 21st, so the day this comes out. Uh, so if you're listening to it in the evening, that's where I am. And I'm really excited. My wife and I are going to go, and we're going we're gonna to have a good time. That's, that's guaranteed. What else is happening? So I guess that's it for right now. Um, oh, the other new thing is that this, of course, is the second episode in a month that totally throws our monthly podcast thing out the window. That's not going to necessarily happen every month, but you know, we ran really long because there was so much great stuff to talk about and to say with Jesse Jarnow, who was our guest, and we are going to have the second half of that conversation here in just a minute. We uh, talked about his books. On the last episode, if you haven't heard it, you should go check it out. His books are uh, Big Day Coming, Yolo Tango, and The Rise of Indie Rock. And, of course, Heads, a biography of psychedelic America. And I highly recommend you read those. I loved Heads. I haven't read the Yolo Tango book because until my conversation with Jesse, I was just still mixed on the band. And now I'm very, very curious. So I'm going to be checking out the book and going back to their albums and kind of re- reinvesting my uh myself in checking that band out but uh, i i can't i can't speak more highly of heads it's you know an outstanding book really delves into the shape of psychedelic america and how that culture has shaped the broader american landscape and it's it's a great work you can find Jesse on the internet. He's got an internet website. I think it's jessejarnow.com. You can also find him on the Twitter at Bougewick and Heads News. And you can find links to all that stuff on our website blog type page, which is brokedownpodcast.blogspot.com. You can also um, find us on the Twitter at brokedownpod. Same handle for Instagram now. Uh, not super active, so won't clutter up your uh, feed if you're on there. And you can find us on the Farce Book at Broke Down Podcast and 
Also, if you are using iTunes for your podcasts, which is, hey, that's what I do, um, I would really appreciate it if you could jump in there and, you know, give us a little review. Click on some of the stars, maybe, and uh, that would really it would help us out, and it would help other people find the podcast. You could also, of course, just tell a friend. We'd appreciate that, too. So, uh, without any further yakking from me, we're going to go ahead and get into this discussion right in the middle, talking about 1967 Grateful Dead. Got more to say, more to hear, so I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, we'll get back at you in December. Thanks. All right, let's carry on. All right, so uh, Hollywood Bowl, I think, is, is, yep. is next. A double double bill with the airplane. A pretty terrible audience tape. It kind of gets worse as it goes. <laughs> Can't say it's a super pleasant yeah, listen. You kind of wonder um, if the guy was taping with the, holding a mic in the air and the reel-to-reel kind of on a handle and just walking around with it at times. It seems a little, like, phasey. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. That would that would be what I would suspect. Um, first uh, recorded alligator caution, or the first fully recorded alligator caution, I should say. Um, yeah, which is exactly when the tape gets even worse. Uh, they do. There's a, I love something that entertains me about '67 Dead is they have these occasional uh, little spells of silliness that that kind of feel sort of fish-like to oh, me. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the, the, the 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 yeah, the end of this show has. Uh, has one of those moments where they do kind of like a like uh, vaudeville tag. Not, not, it's not the merry-go-round broke down. It's not the Merry Melodies theme or any of those. It's, it's, it's like, I'm sure there's a name for that piece of music, but I, I, I it's extremely it familiar. But it, yeah, you're right. It's not, a, it's not one of those. But uh, yeah, and it's, it is just feels so random. And I think fish-like is. Um, Despite the potential backlash, is pretty accurate um, yeah. description. Well, but but you know, it, it it is random. But I do I do think of that as being like one of those things where it's like, oh, we don't really have enough shows from this era to didn't know if that was you know something they did frequently because there really was like this little silly quality to them. They you know overseas stomp, which yeah. I think I don't think we've mentioned it before, but the last version of that is um, on one of those Canada tapes. And, you know, that's, you know it's a, the, the jug band there is pretty goofy. Oh, definitely. And I think they, I think they, you know, maybe started to suppress that a little bit when getting into like the heavier psychedelic stuff. But there, you know, that's a side of of psychedelia and psychedelics that you know you can't discount as that goofy, giggly, fun fun part of it. And um, you know that that I think that comes through in a lot of '67 days right. as well. And, and you know, you can also hear it in you can hear it in the banter. Uh, between songs, we yeah, yeah listeners definitely. will have heard it uh, a little bit of that in uh, the 318 show, uh, which is the kind of this weird banter and there's even music accompaniment. It, it makes it. I can imagine if you were properly um, um, properly dosed, prepared. I'm just going to say it properly <laughs> dosed. It would probably the the music and the, it make it sound as if things are leaning in upon you it seems like that's the trick they're trying to play or perhaps they are narrating something that they're seeing wherein somebody was balancing speakers or something precariously right. was in the house right. um, yes <laughs> i was gonna drop the precarious reference thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for making it um so actually that 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 leads uh 
very nicely into one of our um, misdated tapes yeah. from 67, which is the one following this, um, which previously circulated as May 5th. And you will find it on the archives still as 5-5-67. So, yeah, it's one of those misdated shows, and there are a couple of different clues as to how you, how you can date this one. Um, the main one is that Weir dedicates New Potato Caboose to uh, somebody named Laughlin, who's probably the KMPX DJ Chandler uh, Laughlin, who was released from jail <laughs> in late September and got, got a job as a DJ. Um, but you can also sort of point at a couple of the song things, like obviously this can't be May because New Potato Caboose right. is on it. Um, it can't be later because there's only one drummer. Um, and and there's a couple of references to in Weir, and so Weir makes some pretty ridiculous banter here. Um, makes reference to, to to dance, 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 which was the, the theme of these shows because the the straight. Uh, the, well, it was the theme of these shows in September at the Straight Theater, where they needed to get they needed to pretend to be giving dance lessons in order to have oh, right. shows. So it's possible that ban- banter is a reference to the poster for that. So. I've been provisionally dating it as September 29th, um, which would be the night before uh, Mickey first played with them. Um, and it's got that, the great, you know, great Bob Weir banter, you know, say primate <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, it's got the last version of the Golden Road of the two that we have. And it's, it's fascinating to me because it, this show used to be dated in May, which meant that the, uh, it seemed like they only maybe played the Golden Road in the spring, but now that we have the redating this to September, it's like, oh, that they actually were probably playing it all summer yeah, as maybe well. They just never bothered to teach it to Mickey. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and it kind of serves as, as kind of like a drop into New Potato Caboose. It's kind of like almost like a sort of early attempt at doing a song suite kind of thing. Um, so a lot going on on this very on this little tape excerpt here. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and play them uh, a little bit of it? I'm gonna have to uh, edit the banter. I'm not sure how much of the banter will survive because some of it is uh, well, this is a family podcast, but uh, so <laughs> okay, um, sure. <laughs> so folks might want to go and check out the uh, tapes on the archive. Uh, but uh, also, there's a there's a good alligator on the tapes. But we're gonna go ahead and play from what we believe is 92967 straight theater uh golden road into new potato caboose <laughs>
Thank you. Okay, so uh, those were pretty great. And uh, the next tape that we have, uh, that we have confidence in the date at least, is uh, Winterland, 10-22-67. Jesse, why don't you tell us a little bit about yeah. that one? Which presents a whole bunch of other challenges. <laughs> you know, we are pretty confident in this in this dating, um, but it kind of, um, it sort of opens up an, a, a little hole in Grateful Dead history. Kind of the, uh, the, the story as it circulates is that Mickey Hart jammed with the dead in in late September, probably September 30th at the Straight Theater, and then immediately joined the Grateful Dead and moved in with them um, in the hate and, you know, became they became the dead with two drummers as, as we know them. The problem with that is that there are pictures and tapes from October where Mickey is just nowhere to be seen or heard. My interpretation of that is that he jammed with them and then it kind of took a few weeks to, uh, to, to, to really, you know, get him integrated and, and, and practice um, you know, maybe it's also possible that he did join and just couldn't make all the engagements and, you know, was sort of in and out. But we have this 1022 show, um, which is a couple weeks after he allegedly joined the band. And it definitely, you know, it's a, it's a very crispy soundboard and there's definitely only one drummer on it, um, which makes it the last, uh, definitely the last document of the, the quintet version of the dead, at least until, uh, Mickey splits again in 71. Um, and we can definitely date it to October because it's got the first uh, version of the full uh, That's It for the Other One suite with the completely different lyrics um, and the same sick Jerry cryptical outro yeah. solo. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's, that's the, uh, the 1022 tape and the, the, the mystery, the mystery there. Yeah, it's a pretty good tape, uh, fine quality. And yeah, in fact, great. it's so good that I decided yeah. that we should go with, uh, we should just go ahead and play some of it. Um, and this is the this is the sure. morning dew that I landed on. I, I I went into this early on, and I listened to when I went to listen to all the '67 stuff. I listened to the Human Being, and I listened to that morning dew, and I read the notes and realized, yeah, you know, that doesn't sound like it belongs, but I really want a morning dew now. And <laughs> so I went through the entire year <laughs> right. looking for a morning dew that was, uh, you know, of at least decent quality as well as a nice performance so we here we have from 1022 1967 at winterland we have morning dew and then we have the first known performance of the full that's it for the other one cryptical other one cryptical
Oh, 
Okay, so uh, now we have some mystery tapes. Yeah. Oh, we have a mystery. Is there more than one mystery well, tape so, here? Uh, oh, I guess there's the, stu- there's the studio outtakes, which I haven't really thought of that. I haven't tried to make those yet. Um, but there's there's this... Um, but yeah, there's this other mystery tape that's traditionally been labeled January 67 at the Avalon, which can't be right. It's got two drummers, and it's got a bunch of songs they debuted later in the year. Um, and there aren't actually that many candidates for what show that could be, um, because Mickey is on it. Um, the, the clue is the structure of, alli- of, um, of Alligator. Um with the uh, the drum intro and then the then the where the drum break comes in the middle. So the the it dates it, you know, after Mickey joined, but before the November shows um from the shrine. And there are actually there there aren't really any other candidates for it other than being Halloween sixty seven. If you if you take the ten twenty two show to be dated correctly, um and there's even kind of speculation as to why were the dead playing Winterland again, you know, a week after that, you know, on Halloween when they could barely draw up before. Um, but I, you know, there had, it seems like there had to have been a show between those two points. Otherwise this tape wouldn't exactly. exist unless it's, unless there's some other, some other reason for it to have existed earlier. But I, I don't think that, I don't think it is. I think, I think it is, um, probably Halloween 67. Well, we're glad the tape exists. It's a terrible, terrible tape to listen to. Really it, it, Yeah, it's not great quality, early. but um, if you can, and I know I can uh, as a person who has collected tapes and stuff for so long, I can muscle through some bad tapes sometimes. Um, and the Viola yeah. Lee on, oh. this, on this show is really sick. It's, um, again, not super listenable quality, but... It's really sick. So if you if if you feel like an adventure, uh, dig into this one. Um, yeah, and you yeah. Also, it's got an, it's a thirty minute alligator caution, and you can you definitely hear what the snare is the the having the second snare drum in there is doing to them. Um, yeah. So interesting interesting for being the the sort of this early document of Mickey. Um, but then we get to really kind of the, the prime tapes. From '67, these two these two November shows at the Shrine. Unless there's more that you no, want to talk about. No, I think we should uh, get right to these. Um, I will, they played. Uh, what do we have? Two shows um, at the Shrine from November 10th and 11th, and I believe the 10th was released uh, last year as part of 30 yep, Trips and on vinyl as a standalone, which I yeah. have, and I didn't even realize when I started doing this. I was like, oh, we should put some 1110 on here. And I was like, wait a second. I have that on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, and there, there were two shows. There were the, you know, the, two, the two best sounding, sounding shows from the year um, recorded on 8-track, 16-track. Recorded definitely high multi-track when they were um, beginning to work on Anthem of the Sun. And I'm pretty sure some of the 1110 ended up on Anthem in the in the other one collage section. It's probably true. Um, but, these, but these are the two, you know, most pristine tapes we have of the dead in 67 and they just sound so good. <laughs> like, Mickey is definitely, like, integrated by this point, way more so than, than that mystery tape. Yeah, quite a bit. And the, um, and folks should really 
get their hands on the uh, the official release of Eleven Ten. It sounds even oh. better than oh, what's yeah. on the archive. Oh yeah, amazing. Um, sounds really great, and um, and yeah, I think the uh, then the Eleven Eleven show, uh, a lot of good meat, and uh, I I went ahead and singled out this like thirty six minutes of Alligator into Caution that folks should listen to because it's 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 terrific but i would say they um they play the the again early other one the lyrics aren't quite set yet although they're they're a little different from the the version from uh 1022 at least that's what it seemed to my ear but they're not quite there um and uh yeah it's worth a listen um, though yeah uh another interesting footnote to these shows is that uh uh, Buffalo Springfield were on the bill as well, what? so presumably Neil, presumably Neil Young was in the audience for, for some of this. Oh, right. Well, Neil's first show. We're just going to yeah, start that I mean, rumor. It's Neil's first dead show. <laughs> um, no, I'll linger on that. I'm still a little. I'm a little bummed that the only only Neil. Well, I guess Neil. I guess Neil and Jerry jammed on uh, on Cowboy Movie on on the Crosby. If I can only remember my name album. But I'm a little sad Neil never showed up on stage with the dead until ninety one. Yeah, I mean that was that was nice, but it was not what, not what we could have gotten. Past the, <laughs> there were there yeah, were exactly. There were opportunities, or at least we'd like to imagine there were for uh, some pretty cool shit. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of the uh, the tape record for yeah. the year. Although I did, I did want to oh, add dude. one little one little bonus note, it, and maybe and it's, it's, I'd, I'd actually suggest this is a, a great little piece of music to go out on, which is a couple of days after that the shows at the Shrine uh, was the recording of the Dark Star single in L.A., um, which features a very a, a, a dead connection that I only found out about recently and completely blew my mind, um, which is the that, so there's a, a tambora drone at the beginning of Dark Star, and it's actually played by um, a woman uh, whose name then was Hetty uh, Hetty McGee, and a year after that became Hetty McLeese when she married uh, Angus McLeese, who was the original drummer uh, for the Velvet Underground. And oh, wow. Hetty uh, and Hetty was. Perhaps not surprisingly, extremely heady. She was, <laughs> I think she was. She she. If you look around online, I don't remember where it's buried, but she had a. She posted. She's no longer alive, but she posted like a long sort of memoir kind of blog thing, where she kind of intentionally, I think, misspelled a lot of people's names. It's kind of hard to like Google for it, <laughs> um, but it's some memories memories of that of that era. And she was da- uh, dating Pigpen at the time. She. You know, she knew Bob Dylan. There's like she was definitely like way, way plugged in. Um, and uh, yeah, and somehow she ended up playing on the Dark Star single. <laughs> and that's super wow. cool. Um, the Dark Star single is, is, I think, a super underrated piece of, of studio dead music. Also has um, might be the only appearance of Robert Hunter's voice on an official, officially released dead recording. Reading the poem during during the outro. You also have a little bit of banjo on the outro, which is um, yeah, yeah, a little little Jerry banjo in there. I got the uh, the reissued single this year when they they're doing their uh, series of reissuing all of the 
45s. I'd like to think that they'll go ahead and reissue the 12 inches from the uh, the 80s when they're while they're when they get up there, but they probably won't. Um, <laughs> um, but it was nice to have a clean copy of that single and hear where you can really hear the outro, um, which I, I hadn't heard probably in years, frankly. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get a little bit of that in here at the very end of the show, but we're going to, we're going to wrap this up and, uh, and I'll, I'm going to play everybody the alligator caution from 1111. But before we do that, I want to thank you, uh, Jesse, for joining me and walking with us through 1967. <laughs> totally. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I had a great time digging through this stuff and uh, sitting here and uh, talking it over with you. Yeah, me too. That was, it was a nice, you know, I've been focusing in on this stuff because it's, you know, the 50th anniversary, but it's nice to, nice to talk about it with another human. Right. Um, so why don't you, if you could, where can people find you online? Uh, you have a website. Oh, right. I do. Uh, com. J-E-S-S-E-J-A-R-N-O-W.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I've got like, two different accounts. One is my, uh, normal personal account, which is Bujwick, B-O-U-R-G-W-I-C-K, and uh, Heads News, which is uh, updates about psychedelic news and, and history and, you know, new studies and reports and lots of lots of dead stuff thrown in there as well. Yeah, that's uh, um, both great accounts to follow. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, we'll see you on the Internet. Thanks so much, Jesse. Cool. Cool. Thanks for having me.
went down to see a gypsy woman just about one day. Yes, I did. What's wrong with me and my baby? We ain't getting on. Hey, no, the way we used to do. Thank you. 
Thank you. 